Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. We continue our sermon series called Anointing Oil, which is all about the Holy Spirit. Christine Geshom shares with us on how the anointing can't be a one-time thing, but a constant, consistent and lifelong process of being saturated with the Holy Spirit. It's when we are soaked completely with this anointing that we can live life with purpose and preparedness until we enter eternity. Hi church, it's my joy to bring you God's word today. As you know, we've been looking at this new series which is completely based on the Holy Spirit and it's been called The Anointing Oil. And today we're looking at part 3 of that. I love what AW Tozer says. He says the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity it is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people it is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity it is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people and today uh, we're going to be looking at part 3 and before i get into part 3 let's just reiterate what we looked at in part 1 and part 2 we saw how the anointing oil which is the holy spirit consecrates and sets us apart uh we also saw last week of how it empowers us for our everyday not just the miraculous but the mundane um of our lives and today we're going to be looking at how the anointing oil saturates us and why do we need to be saturated well we're going to be looking at that in greater detail but before i get into that to explain what saturation really is in from our everyday life so when um gesham and i got married we noticed there were so many differences and you know how just how we are but one of the primary differences we noticed right off the bat was how we both eat our breakfast you know so our breakfast um when it when it's idlis or rice cakes as we call it in india um basically what i do is i would have my two or three idlis and my the gravy the sambar or the chicken gravy or the chutneys would always be on the side now the way gesho meets his idlis was he would put it in a bowl you know his two or three idlis and he would douse it with the sambar or the gravy so that the idli completely got soaked and covered so that every spoon of idli that he had was covered and drenched in the sambar now i on the other hand would keep it on the side would break off a bit of the idli dip it in that and then have it okay so that's how um we were fundamentally different now the difference was that for one person the idli was saturated completely with whatever gravy was there for the other it was just like you know a dip situation now what is saturation mean saturation actually means to fill so much that mo- no more can be absorbed or retained that's what saturation means i'll come back to this uh illustration about the idli and the sambar but here's the point you and i as followers of jesus as lovers of jesus need to ask to be saturated by the holy spirit okay what is the purpose of the saturation now as we saw consecration by the holy spirit sets us apart the power that he gives us gives us the ability to navigate our lives but this saturation okay the saturation that the holy spirit does for us is what keeps us purposeful and prepared while we wait for the second coming of jesus either we we die and we enter eternity or his second coming which is imminent 
either one of those is going to happen first and we need to be saturated in order to live prepared and purposeful lives that is the purpose of the saturation and how do i know this we're going to be looking today at two different passages the first one is from matthew 25 verses 1 to 13 now it's a long passage i want you to follow along it's a very interesting parable that jesus teaches from Matthew 25 verses 1 to 13 this is what it says then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish and five were wise for when the foolish took their lamps they took no oil with them but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps as the bridegroom was delayed they all became drowsy and slept but at midnight there was a cry here is the bridegroom come out to meet him then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out but the wise answered saying since there will not be enough for us and for you go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves and while they were going to buy the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut afterward the other virgins came also saying lord lord open to us but he answered truly i say to you i do not know you watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour so the whole narrative is a parable okay it involves imagery it's a story format we don't have to fixate too much on the details and read too much into it but the crux of the matter is this jesus is returning it's his return is imminent okay he is the bridegroom anywhere the bridegroom is mentioned in the new testament it's talking about jesus and his return okay now there's some interesting details in this that i think we can look at if you notice the, the virgins are divided into two groups foolish and wise the basis for their differentiation was whether they were prepared with extra oil that is what differentiated them okay so the issue here is readiness the issue is readiness being ready at all times okay it talks about 10 of them now all 10 dozed off so the issue is not about sleeping a lot of people will look at this and say you know what i'm going to be you know wide awake sitting in my roof and looking out the skylight for the return of jesus that's not the point all 10 dozed off because that is something that humans do and need so rest is something that is not being diminished here we absolutely will you know need our rest we there won't be times when we're all the time having our eyes wide open the issue at hand is not sleeping on the job okay the issue at hand was that the wait is long the bridegroom was delayed it says okay so the wait for the bridegroom is long the issue is preparedness and when you look at this story it says that the call goes out saying the bridegroom is here and even after that call there is a wait and we are all living in that wait because we know Jesus is returning in fact sometimes you feel like the end times are here when we looked at the news this week when we saw 18 children gunned down in cold blood you knew that oh my god this is the time when evil is reigning supreme but we know that Jesus is coming we know these are the end times but we don't know how long it's going to take but how we live in this wait is what this is talking about okay and so in the amplified version it explains to us a little bit more of who these foolish virgins are and who the wise ones are it calls the foolish virgins thoughtless silly and careless okay the wise virgins are called far sighted practical and sensible and like i said what set these two sets of people apart were the presence of the extra oil the foolish virgins just had their lamps the lamps were lit yes but they didn't have extra oil the wise ones on the other hand had extra oil because when they were woken up saying he is returning 
those lamps were lit they were trimmed and they had extra oil to keep it burning till he actually came in person and they went in with him okay so the prerequisite here if you notice was when they came and knocked on the door and asked the bridegroom can you let us in he said i never knew you so the prerequisite is a relationship with the bridegroom with jesus now the result of this ongoing relationship now because those five knew him and were known by him they knew what was expected of them they had that ready oil they poured it in and they were let in so the result of this ongoing relationship is a readiness for his return it's unexpected his return you don't know when it's going to happen but you know it's sure so the images that you see here repeatedly are the virgins five virgins foolish five were wise we saw the lamps that they were holding we saw the oil we saw a bridegroom we saw a door and a marriage feast and now what do all of this mean um when you take take it as its imagery when you try to understand it a little more let's look at the lamp okay matthew 5:14 to 16 this is jesus's words he says you are the light of the world he's talking to those who are following him you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven so from this is very obvious our lives as christians are compared to a lamp okay remember last week uh, how pastor jaren was talking to us about how our greatest identity is that of witnesses a common calling as followers of Jesus are to be witnesses and here christians are likened our lives are likened to a lamp our witness is meant to be seen by others how we live in the world how we conduct ourselves that is what others see and so our lamp when it talks about a lamp it's actually talking about our lives that are meant to be on display as followers of christ the bridegroom what does this bridegroom um, mean what is this supper that you know this big feast Let's look at Revelation 19 verse 7 it says let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready the bride is the church the collective church the global church and Jesus is the bridegroom who is returning for her and each of us each of us constitute this beautiful bride and we are being prepared collectively individually first and then collectively to meet a bridegroom okay so now this parable is very similar to another parable which we read about in Luke chapter 12 and i'm going to be looking at that where the lead up to that parable it's a very similar parable but it's also pointedly different okay and the in the lead up to that parable jesus is talking to his disciples and saying you guys need to be prepared because i will return and he's not just talking it to those 12 who were with him he's talking about it to every one of us who will read this henceforth and he's saying you need to be ready because i will return and you won't know when it's going to be but it's happening it's going to happen i'm going to return and he likens his followers to servants waiting for a master and he says if you wait well if you do what is required of you in the wait i will return for you i will seat you and i will serve you it's a beautiful parable that he shares and i want to read it for you right now luke chapter 12 verses 35 to 38 remember he's addressing his followers as servants he's the master he's saying i'm going to return and verse 35 says this stay dressed for action keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks 
Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. Again, he says, be alert, keep your lamps burning because I will come at a time you don't know, but blessed is he who is ready when I come. The key to keeping our lamps burning during the interim, when we wait for Christ's return, are lamps that are lit, not lamps that have gone off, not lamps that are having some sort of issue with the oil, but lamps that are fully lit. And this will only happen when we have a constant supply of oil. You see that connection? The wise virgins didn't just have lamps that were lit. That was not the point because even the foolish ones had that. But the wise ones had extra oil so that when they started to run dry, they filled it up with this oil and their lamps were burning readily again and they were able to enter that feast. Similarly here, he urges his followers to stay dressed, stay dressed for action and keep their lamps burning. In order for our lamps to be burning continuously, we need a constant supply of the anointing oil. Now, as you know, as I was saying, we live in the end times. We don't know when Christ is going to return. It could be tonight. It could be in thousand years. We don't know, right? But what we do know is this, that the wait is going to be long. The wait is going to feel long often. Even if it isn't very long, it's going to feel long. And we need to be alert dressed and alert, ready for his coming, ready for the schemes of the enemy, which are just coming out of left field. We need to live with caution and care. We need to not give up when the going gets hard, which it will. We, don't, we need to be filled to overflowing with this anointing oil. And the important thing to remember is the weight is not passive. It's not a passive one, but a very active one. What do I mean by this? That he is returning and he's preparing the bride for his return. But when you are waiting, you can't be lying on your couch and saying the second coming is coming up. I'm just going to work on myself. I'm working. I know I'm loving. I know I'm kind. I'm full of joy. I'm full of peace. I, you know, I'm patience personified. I'm sorted. I'm waiting for him to return. That cannot be the weight. The weight, on the other hand, requires you and me to be doing the things God has shaped and called us to. He's called me to be a wife. He's called me to be a mother. He's called me to be a leader. I need to be doing all of those things that he has given for me to do, that he's created for me to do. He's put an unction within me. He's saying, Tina, I want you to do such and such before your time is up. Am I doing it? Am I living watchful and prepared and purposeful in the wait? He is not asking for me to be that servant who's reclining and just waiting for the master to return. And then you know what? Just walk in with him to the feast. No, he expects me to be doing all that he's created me to do. And how do I know this? Because from Luke chapter 12, verse 35, we're going to look at what he actually says about those servants who are wise and what he talks about the foolish servants, the ones who are going to get a huge beating. He's quite, um, you know, quite clear about what he expects of us. There is really nothing left to debate here. Okay, so before we get into this, I want to ask you, what has God asked you to do? Maybe you're saying, I'm just a homemaker. What's the big deal? No, you're raising another generation within your home. Maybe you're saying, I run this, you know, tiny business. No one knows about it, but it keeps food on the table. But are you running that business in a way that honors him? Because that is the purpose for this season. That is what he's created you for. Maybe you're saying, I'm a mom who's managing everything. But are you doing it 
in a way that is God honoring? Are you doing and fulfilling the calling that he has placed upon you? Maybe you're saying, I'm just a teacher. I'm just a mentor. There is no just in the kingdom of God. He has given you that calling for a reason. Are you doing it in a way that he would turn around and say, well done, good and faithful servant? Is he saying when he looks at you mentoring young people, is he saying, wow, I am so proud of how you're doing it. You pour yourself into these children. I'm proud of you. Maybe you're saying, I, I have an inconspicuous desk job, but he's asking, son, my son, my daughter, I have placed you there. Are you doing it to the best of your ability? Are you doing it with the intention of actually indirectly serving me? No job is too menial. No job is too ordinary. No purpose is too small when it comes to what God has laid on you. You are in that job for a purpose. You are in this season for a purpose. Are you living it out to the glory of God? Are you doing all of it for his glory and in a way that makes him joyful? So after saying all of this, what I want to leave with you and what I want you to mull over is, am I saturated with the Holy Spirit? Am I saturated with this anointing oil? And why do I need to be saturated? You might ask me, why do I need to be saturated? Is it a deal breaker? I think it is. I think it is. I believe from Luke 12, if we look closer, there are two reasons why we need to be saturated with this anointing oil. And the first one, the first one that I want you to note down as a reason as to why you need to be saturated with the anointing oil is that you will not live carelessly while you wait. Luke 12 says, stay dressed for action. Now, stay dressed for action is basically you can't be, uh, you know, just sitting there in your uh, PJs and just chilling. What he's saying is you need to gird up your loins. That's the imagery, meaning you, you tie up all those loose ends and you're ready to run the marathon. You're not just sitting there, you know, in a very chilled out mode, not bothering to go anywhere because you're settled on that beanbag. No, he's saying you stay dressed for action. It's like you're standing up, you're girding up, ready to run. When you wait for the Lord's return, what is your stance? Are you standing dressed for action, ready to see what the enemy has got planned, but ready to see what God has wants you, for you to do? Luke 12, 43 to 48 says this, Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him at an hour he does not know and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. Wow. The minute you say beating, you get a bit scared, right? But here he's talking about, very specifically, I want to emphasize verse 47. The servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. Rather than looking at the consequences, can we look at the action? Are you and I content to be in the status quo of being the saved? I'm saved. I'm sorted. I will live at home. I'll watch 
or everything online i will communicate with people via text i will not move into a actual church setting i will stay isolated i will do my own thing because i'm sorted i'm saved my salvation is assured i know that my um, you know that i will be tested when i go into community i'd rather be a silo i'd rather do my life like this no interaction with anyone keep my head down just do the things that i have to do if i try to maintain the status quo constantly in the wait it may not be what god has got planned for you god has a greater purpose and he expects us to live carefully what does that look like what does that look like you may have a definite calling on your life god may have put something on your heart he may have said i have this for you i want you to do such and such but have you been resisting it saying you know what lord i'm comfortable here this is where i'm at i'm good here i'll serve you right here by being a good human i will not harm anyone i will be kind i will be just i'll be good but i'll be right here i'm not going to go into that space that you're asking me to go into and here's the thing when we live unsaturated by the holy spirit we will get very comfortable with the status quo and maybe even start to become careless thoughtless and senseless like those virgins god is calling us to be like those five virgins who were ready they were far sighted they were looking at the bigger picture this is not about me my story is not about me it's about a bigger picture they were alert they knew that he was coming they were discerning of the time they were sensible because they came prepared with the extra oil what about you are you saturated because a saturation with the holy spirit will help you live careful you will be open to the enemy's wiles you know how he will try to pull you down and you will be open to what god wants you to do because you will be ready and prepared to act according to his will if he has been telling you i want you to do this i want you to pour your resources into this i want you to actually get up and go and help this person i want you to dream bigger for yourself because that dream will bless others maybe he's been asking you of something and you've been resisting can i ask that you will come back to a place of saturation with the holy spirit because when you do that you will be like that servant who is ready and doing the things that you need to do feeding the other servants helping the other servants leading the other servants so that when he comes and finds you he says well done good and faithful servant you may ask how can i live carelessly he says stay ready right stay ready for action but how could i live carelessly galatians 5 verses 19 to 21 says now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions envy drunkenness orgies and things like these i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god in my verse in what i prepared i highlighted a couple of things that i struggled with here and i realized that we sometimes you know put sins in in a hierarchy you know lies being you know probably the white lies being at the bottom and then you know murder and things like that right at the other end of the spectrum but look at this list alongside uh envy is drunkenness and orgies there's jealousy there's anger there's rivalries all of us will find ourselves somewhere on this spectrum so rather than a spectrum it's a bunch of things that he says he classifies under the things that where we are operating under the flesh but when we are saturated with the holy spirit no more will there be room for these things of the flesh automatically we become alert we realize you know this part of me this jealousy 
is not of god it's of me it's not of god i need to i need to address this maybe you've been struggling with anger and you realize this again this is not a fruit of the spirit this is a fruit of the enemy you start seeing that you create divisions in your church you talk one thing here and you talk another thing here. that's not of god not even the name of of justice or of you know um creating you know um a clear environment that is not of god creating dissension creating division it's not of god it's of the flesh and the minute i start looking at myself through the lens of the word of god and through a saturated spirit where the holy spirit has saturated every part of me i start to become careful in how i lead my life in how i do my business in how i parent in how i coexist with my spouse in how i engage in relationships things start to change we need to be saturated so that we can live carefully that's the first thing you ask me why do i need to be saturated well so that we can live carefully the second thing the second thing that i believe uh, as a reason for us needing to be saturated completely saturated with the holy spirit is so that we don't burn out now what do i mean by that it says over there stay alert and keep your lamps burning as someone who has gone through several burnouts over the past few years i know for a fact that i can say very honestly that it's hard to keep the lamp burning on our own strength it's impossible why because the works that we are created and called for take something out of us it's at a cost it doesn't come easily the anointing comes at a cost there are things you struggle with you have health setbacks you have relational breakdowns you sometimes feel like you're just beset by struggle and the important thing to remember is that if i'm not saturated if i'm not saturated with the holy spirit to complete overflow state i will burn out faster than actually glow i will be burning but i'll suddenly feel i can't do this anymore i feel like i will crumble at any moment and that's the sign of a burnout and so i want to encourage you today a lot of people anticipate the burnout and don't live in the purpose that god created them for but i want to encourage you today to come back to this place of saying lord you've created me for something ephesians 2:10 says that you were created for good works from before time you are the workmanship of his hand and created for something if you are going to choose to walk in that purpose and walk in that calling he will grace you with his holy spirit's power he will saturate you so that you can do it and so that you will burn continuously so that your lamp will burn continuously that you won't burn out and i never understood this until i studied this passage this week that i can do this i can actually live the christian life till i close my eyes in death only with the enabling of the holy spirit i can't do it on my own on my own i i tend to be emotional i tend to take uh, offense at something that someone says to hurt me but with the holy spirit i can actually move past it i can actually uh, grow in love towards people grow in my love of god and i can actually make it for the long haul so you're asking me what does this burnout look like well burnout happens when your love is unrequited you pour yourself out towards people and it's not received burnout will happen when your kindness is not returned you do good for people but they pretend like they're entitled to your kindness and you start to burn out quicker than you know burnout happens when you're misunderstood a lot of times we don't even say something and someone misunderstands it and you just like you just want to throw in the towel and say god enough why are you calling me to be a witness i'm not able to do this burnout sometimes your prayers that you've been praying seem to be going unheard you don't get answers you're not seeing anything tangibly change you will experience burnout 
sometimes storms don't just stop you feel like you're being pounded on five in five directions by all kinds of storms maybe you've been pouring yourself out in ministry or in caring for people maybe you run an ngo and you're doing so much and you're at your wits end lord why all of this burnout is imminent then and it's true a lot of us have experienced burnout we've come to the end of our rope we don't know what else to do but can i encourage you today that when our flame seems to be flickering and dimming you will sense it you will know because you'll feel like you have nothing more to give don't let that get out of hand don't allow yourself to burn out because what happens interestingly is when we start to burn out if you look at a candle you look at a simple tea light candle when you light it up the paraffin melts and you know it keeps burning after a point the paraffin will actually dim- completely diminish and what happens is it will start puffing black smoke and if you've kept it in a holder or anything the whole thing will get stained with that black smoke and sometimes when we burn out no longer are we able to witness because all that people are seeing are suffocating fumes coming off us and i want to encourage you that today if you choose to be saturated by the holy spirit he will prevent that burnout because you're constantly just you know filled with him he's helping you through offended of offense he's helping you through hard storms he's keeping you going even when you just don't have the strength to go on and a burnout will be avoided because you are saturated by him you're filled with him constantly i remember like i was telling you about the idli incident Geshom eats his idli soaked in the sambar, whereas I dip, just take a little bit. And I wondered recently, why am I burning out? Why am I going through this, Lord? Others are not going through it. And I realized as I was preparing this that I had been only toe dipping in the anointing oil. I had just sat like, you know, I sat for a fish pedicure once upon a time, just dipping my toes in the water. That's what I was doing with the anointing. when i needed the holy spirit i would dip my feet and when things were beyond help i would ask lord give me wisdom i was only dipping my toes in the anointing oil and now god was reminding me i want to drench you in it i want to saturate you so that no part of you is dry because let's face it as humans we think some parts of us lord i can do this i don't need the holy spirit to parent my child my my 7 year old doesn't need you know a holy spirit anointing of course he does parenting my child requires the holy spirit talking to my husband in a volatile setting requires the anointing doing the most mundane of tasks requires his anointing if i'm not saturated in every area of my life by the holy spirit i will burn out or i will live carelessly and so it's highly important that you and i live saturated i cannot partition my life and say you know what these two areas my business i've got it god i got that mba i'm sorted i don't need the saturation there but my relational side is a mess i need your anointing there it doesn't work like that his anointing has to percolate into every area crevice of my life even the most private moments when it's just me in my bedroom i need the saturation of the holy spirit to touch that that's what set the five wise virgins apart they had lamps they trimmed their wicks it says and they had extra oil so that when the bridegroom returned their lamps were burning bright and i don't know about you but when jesus returns if i'm alive or if i meet him before that i want my lamp to be burning bright till that last breath and i hope that's the case for you too i don't want to be a smoldering wick one that's barely there 
when he when I when I meet him. I want it to be a lamp that's on fire. I want to be found doing what he created me to do. It may just require baby steps right now. Maybe I don't know the full plan of God, but the Holy Spirit knows the plans of God. He knows the heart of God. He knows the mind of God. And so when I allow him to saturate me, he fills me with the knowledge of what I need to be doing now. He helps me live carefully. He keeps me alert to what the enemy is planning. He also keeps me alert to what God needs me to be doing. And he prevents me from burning up as I do the things I'm created to do. So as I close today, I want to remind you of this, that in the Pentateuch, when you when you read Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers, you read about the anointing oil and how Aaron and his sons were asked to keep the lamps burning in the tabernacle throughout. The lamps were not meant to go out. And I believe for each of us that our lamps are not meant to go out. So maybe you're someone who's saying, well, I, you know, I was anointed by the Holy Spirit 10 years back. I'm good. I'm sorry to say that we cannot rely on yesterday's anointing for today's needs. I cannot rely on today's anointings for what God's got in store for me around the corner. I need to have a constant infilling of the Holy Spirit. If not, I will run dry. If not, I will burn out and the burnout won't be pretty. If not, I could live carelessly. I could mess up this beautiful position that I have in Christ because of the things that I would put my feet into. I want to ask you if you would allow yourself to be saturated with the Holy Spirit till every crevice of your life is filled with him. Because a trickle of this oil won't be sufficient. Some of us are very content. We are in fact afraid to allow too much of the Holy Spirit's anointing in our life. What if, what if Lord, you ask me to do very big things? I can't do it. Just leave me be. I'm good. I believe in the Holy Spirit. He's there. I'm here. We're sorted. No, I believe that he's asking us for saturation today. A trickle won't be enough. It'll dry up quickly. A one-time anointing won't be enough. It'll keep us burning bright for a season. And then when the next hard season comes, it'll just diminish. I need the Holy Spirit's anointing for my every moment of every day. And so would you pray with me that the Holy Spirit would saturate you and he will keep you saturated till the end? Would you ask that you will be soaked in him? Just like a wick in a lamp is soaked in that oil constantly so it doesn't run dry. Can we ask God for that kind of anointing? Maybe you're saying, I'm in the middle of a burnout right now. I've been serving God in my own capacity. I run this organization or I... I serve these people, but I'm exhausted because I'm not seeing any fruit. Can I urge you that you will allow yourself to get saturated today by the Holy Spirit? And that will be your prayer every day. Maybe you're saying, I started to live carelessly because, well, let's face it. Jesus is not returning anytime soon. Violence is on the increase. There's so much depravity and brokenness around me. Where is the hope in all of this? So I've decided to do my own thing. I don't think I need this God. Can I ask you today that you would come back to a place of saying, Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. I don't want to live carelessly. I don't want to live broken down by bitterness and envy and jealousy and greed or any immorality. I want to live carefully and alert for your return. And if your return is not right now, but if I come and meet you earlier, I want to be considered as a faithful servant, a good steward of everything that was entrusted to me. So can we just close our eyes and ask the Holy Spirit to move? 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word says that we can ask of you for the Holy Spirit and like a good father, you would give us the gifts that you have in store for us. And I just pray right now as each of us come before you, asking you with open arms, we want more of the Holy Spirit. We want to be saturated by him so that every part of our life, every compartment we have created will be touched and soaked in his power, in his presence. And we want him to run our lives. We want him to run our entire being. We want him to control how we live, how we breathe, how we speak, how we conduct ourselves. We need him. We ask for that saturation. Holy Spirit, saturate us right now. Keep us saturated, Lord, until our end, until we close our eyes and see you. I pray, Lord, that you will keep us from careless living. I pray that you will keep us from burning out. If anyone here right now, Lord, is at a point of burnout, I pray that you will just pour out your Holy Spirit upon them, that you will refresh them deeply. I pray if anyone right now has gone off track, O oh Father, who's fallen into sin, who's fallen into careless living, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will fall upon them and convict them and bring them back home. I thank you for you are a God who is so mindful of us, who loves us so deeply, you don't want any one of us to perish. I pray that, Lord, we will come to you with open arms. Fill us up, we ask you, Lord. We ask that you would fill us up to saturation. We love you so dearly. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. As you go into this week and the rest of this month really, can you make it your everyday prayer? Everyday prayer. Lord, saturate me. Keep me saturated. I want to be filled to overflowing so that I don't run dry. So that I stay alert and stay busy in the best way possible. Not in endless pursuits of things that don't matter, but if I actually walk in that purpose that you created for me that you would keep me saturated. If that would be your prayer, I believe that God is going to change something. He wants us to live saturated in Him. So can I encourage you to have that as your prayer every morning. If you can just whisper that prayer, saturate me Holy Spirit today. I think it will be a game changer. I pray that this word would sink deep and change your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, Make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.